Let's go! Playoffs? Let's talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Okay, welcome in to Sunday's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mason Paws. And I'm your co-host, Jake Nagy. Jake, it is the playoffs. This is the part of the year that we have been uh, waiting all year for. Um, Eight teams have been eliminated, six remain, um, and you are one of the six. How are you feeling right now? Man, it has been a fun season. It's flown by. Can't believe we're already at playoff time. Seems like we were all together for the draft yesterday, man. It's been been a wild ride so far, but... Feeling good. Feeling excited about our squad. First time I've ever uh, had a bye. First time being the regular <laughs> season champ. So uh, I like yeah. I like where I'm sitting. I, I'm enjoying it. But man, there's a lot of good teams in the playoffs. So I'm I'm not not feeling too rested. It's going to be about as stressful as a bye can be. Looking at these two teams we might face off. How you feeling, Mason? Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. It's interesting that you said that a lot of good teams in the playoffs. Like, I, I honestly feel like this is one of the few years that we can look and say that, you know, the six best teams probably made the playoffs. You can make an argument about, like, one or two on the fringe. But usually there's, like, one team, you know, that just had, like, a really rough schedule and didn't make it in or whatever. Um, but, yeah, this year there's, uh, it seems like the cream uh, rose to the top. Um, for myself, I think that, you know, I'm feeling good. Um it's uh, I, I tell myself every year that making the playoffs is is the goal, and then everything that happens after that is kind of just like you know what fate may have. Um, so I, I think that this is a is a check mark for me. But also on top of that, I still I'm I don't know I could make some noise, um, have some problems at flex, but I think the core of my team is strong. I don't think it's nearly as good as Ural's team or Riley's team, but yeah, I mean it's the playoffs, and one pickup or one big game by a defense or something like that can change everything. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because I was looking at points four on the season before we, we came on. It's really interesting. Uh, there's two teams that scored in the 1300s in points four. That would be Andrew and the duo of Trent and Hunter. Then there are, I believe, let's see here, uh, there are eight teams that scored in the 1400s. There's just a mm-hmm. huge middle of the pack this season. Then Jacob and Zach are the only team the only team who's who scored in the 1500s, 1563 points for, and then you, mm-hmm. Riley, and Ryan and I all were in the 1600s. So really, as far as just total points scored, I, I definitely think there was um, a big chunk in the middle and a couple teams that were kind of uh, in a, a league of their own at the bottom and three teams that have had by far the most points at the top. But really, yeah. I think that creates... Uh, it just shows the kind of parity our league has created and, and how well everyone drafts and prepares and, and wheels and deals. So definitely yeah. a lot of talent in the playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm nervous, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three games for everything. Two games for everything for you yeah. guys. Um, we've got a great episode today. Uh, this is going to be our playoff preview. We're going to take some picks, um, look at the matchups, um, and walk our way through who we think advances to each round, who we think is going to be facing off in the championship, which will take us right up to our championship preview pod, which will take uh, place the week before the championship. Also have a huge treat. We're bringing on a guest today to help us with those picks. That's a guy with a, a, a great pedigree since entering the league. That's uh, one John Thompson, the only rookie to ever have a title to his name. We figured that he would have the mindset to uh, break some ties if we were to have some and also provide some great insight of his own. Right. Um, anything else before we dive in, Jake? I think uh, I think it's time, Mason. Tune those violins up. 
It's time for the memoriams. There's three more. And we will begin with uh, our guest coming on later in the show, John Thompson. Oh, man. John's team had quite an interesting season. Uh, He was five and three. And uh, really looking at a bye, looking like, uh, I mean, John's team is always stellar. I think he's, he's every year after the draft, to me, in my opinion, always has one of the best teams in the league. Um, so he was sitting right where I thought he would be, kind of near the top of the pack. And then he lost four of five to end the season. Mm, I, yeah. I, I did not see that coming at all. I was hyping his team up. And uh, yeah, they kind of just fell apart, man. But when you look at it... Um, since his team scored 165 points kind of in the, the middle of the year, that mm-hmm. team he had, had Kerryon Johnson, who got hurt, mm-hmm. had Todd Gurley, who he traded, had Darren Waller, who really just kind of slowed towards the end of the season. His last five weeks, Waller went for 7, 7, 12, 7, and then 17, a little too late at the end, but yeah. really kind of leveled out. And then Aaron Jones, man, the last five weeks during that uh, time he lost four of five, Aaron Jones went for three, then he went for 27. Had a bye, went for three and seven again. It, it, that's going to be your keeper. That's a guy you're really banking on carrying your team when you trade away a guy like Gurley for him to just fizzle out like that is probably what did John in. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, and I think I would agree. Um, I I think like I still like Aaron Jones. I think he's a great football player, and he had what out of the four last weeks. I think it was just an unfortunate time of the season for John that he had some of his stinkers. Um, and one of those was against the San Francisco game where they got absolutely blown out. Um, and that's obviously a great defense there, but I still, I mean, I still think he's got those, you know, 35 point weeks in him and whatever, but that's kind of what you sign up for with Aaron Jones. The the most surprising thing to me here is just how Darren Waller just kind of disappeared. And I like that, that was something that John was baking on still a really great trade for him at the beginning of the year to, to grab him when he did, but man, like he had, I mean, at the beginning of the season, this is this is Darren Waller's stats at the beginning, the first five weeks, 14, 12, 27, 12, 7, and 31. Only yeah. one single digit uh, outing in those at even a couple above 25. And then after that, you already read it. I mean, like, he really fell off. Um, and then I also think that, you know, Deshaun Watson, as great as he's been, and he's obviously a fantastic quarterback, um, the last few games, you know, weren't really things that could drag John over the, the finish line. And those uh, he had a 19 against Jacksonville and then a four against Baltimore in a critical matchup for John after a bye. And then 18 and 29. But yeah, by then it was a little too little too late. So yeah, we'll we'll pour one out for John and he'll come on the pod later and tell us his own thoughts on the squad. Yeah. You know what's interesting about Waller, man, is he actually like cumulatively across the season is tight end two, which is <laughs> remarkable to think about, uh, man. Uh, but really I think what happened is pretty much you've got Kelsey, Waller, Mark Andrews, and Zach Ertz. <clears throat> and most of those guys, they were healthy for almost all the season. Um then you've got kind of this next tier of Hooper, Kittle, Greg Olson, Hunter Henry, and Evan Ingram, who all of which I think uh, by the end of the season were averaging above Darren Waller, but had mm-hmm. kind of injury concerns. So tight end was just such a, a tricky, tricky position. So it's wild to sit here and say that, you know, you have the tight end two on the season who you picked up in a good trade and he might have undone you. But really, think a lot of guys kind of went to streaming trying to find different options and Waller just didn't carry what you thought he could Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think one of the biggest things going into 2020 for those teams who have already been eliminated from the playoffs and are starting to gear up think about uh, drafting a couple months from now 
tight end is going to be, to me, one of the most interesting positions uh, going into next season. For sure. Yeah. And it always is. You never really know. Okay. Do I want one of those, you know, top two, top three guys, but like who are going to be the top two is right. top three, the right. top three guys. Like everyone thought it was going to be Ertz again this year, but he's been, you know, nothing short of awful for most of the year. And then it's kind of come on strong as of late. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of dice rolling at tight end more than most positions. I would think yeah. out of, outside of pretty much, you know, like Kittle and Kelsey and maybe now Hooper, you could make the case for. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Who we got next Mason. Uh, we got Jackson next. Um, that's a guy that we both liked. Um, and, well, he got to live by the Evans and die by the Evans. He's, um, <laughs> uh, well, the streakiest guy in fantasy, you know. Um, so after week four, I think that uh, Jackson had some some struggles. Like, in, I think it kind of mirrored what uh, Mike Evans was doing. So he, he lost two, then he won four, and then he lost three and so that was kind of <laughs> how Jackson uh ended out yeah. the season um he was also kind of like torpedoed by Tevin Coleman down the stretch it was a guy in the middle of the season um who you really thought you'd have an RB2 out of and maybe even some pop weeks after that that 37 pointer in week eight but then the next five games after week eight he totaled just 39 points which is yeah. crazy one game one game he he almost like it, it was was more than the next five games combined yeah. Um, and then you also see Montgomery there, who I think everybody thought was going to be more valuable than he was as good as like Jordan Howard was in the Chicago offense in the last couple of years. Um, and he was, you know, streaky at best, kind of like a low floor flex guy more than the RB2 that you drafted him for. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. I mean, when you look at Jackson's squad, a lot of his wins, you know, during his winning streak, he was posting 162, 148, 135. And then his losing streaks, he's posting 74 and 78 points. It, I think his, part of his, his, his struggle uh, when he was losing was that his guys all kind of had their off weeks at the same time. And then they all had their good games at the same time, which is great mm-hmm. when your team's posting 168 points. But you almost kind of want, in some ways, one guy to have an off game while another one of your streaky guys has a big game. But it didn't seem to happen that way for Jackson, especially at the end, posting 74 and 78 to end the season. Um, yeah, it's tough. And, and you know, I, I think you were pointing out that uh, maybe didn't realize DJ Moore's full value. Um, DJ Moore really came on strong towards the end of the season. And all that being said... I really think we need to give Jackson some serious props here. We came on the, mm-hmm. the beginning, the intro podcast of uh, this season and really just kind of trashed on Jackson. Oh, team. yeah, we dragged him through the mud. I remember that. Yeah, yeah said that he was going to come in last. And uh, Jackson, even though he didn't make the playoffs, I think had um, a really, really strong season, managed his team well, made good moves. And um, Jackson's an owner who I think has, has improved year by year. Uh, definitely someone I would uh, be looking at to make the playoffs next season. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. And he's got a decent keeper to do it, Mike Evans. Although, as we noted, he is a streaky guy. Um, Taking us to our last one, it's Connor. Um, And that's a guy who seems like even when he misses it, he's in the mix every single year. Yep. Um, uh, You got any thoughts on where Connor ended up? Yeah, you know, um, Connor's team, uh, you know, notably, he did not draft, I think, uh, a single player that ended up on his team at the very end of the season, except for Darius guys. I feel like we brought this up almost every, <laughs> almost every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but in week 13, when Connor's looking to, to make the playoffs, he sits the only guy he drafted Darius guys and Darius guys goes for 27 points. 
<laughs> on just yeah. 10 rushes, runs for 129 yards and two touchdowns, has two catches as well. And, uh, yeah, man, starts uh, Jonathan Williams, who has three points. His kicker, negative mm-hmm. one. Chargers defense, two points. I mean, it's just – it really – this season kind of uh, in a nutshell for Connor Dak. He had great play, great points from his quarterback. Robert Woods goes for a big game. Michael Thomas is great as always, but uh, kind of had a little bit of bad luck. Um, wasn't able to get uh, the, the right guy in at the right time. But, again, mm-hmm. Connor's a fantastic owner. You uh, you said when he started off slowly that uh, he's a great manager and knows how to make the right deals, and he certainly made a lot of deals this season. It's true. Yeah. What do you think, Mason? Yeah. I mean, so like we talk about the season at the like or his his team right now, you know, but it, but it's not, obviously not what his team was for most of the season. So I think you have to go back to that middle. Um, and I think like you know there was a lot of like we had a lot of conversation about that early season trade with John. Uh, or no, not John, sorry, Jake Davis, um, right. the Chris Carson and Amari Cooper for Sonny Michelle and Michael Thomas. And as much conversation as there was, I honestly end up that think that trade like was probably a dead wash. Like you got like more consistency out of Carson and like more pop out of Cooper. But like yeah. Michael Thomas was obviously, you know, one of the best keepers in the game. Um, but I think the thing that really did him in was that uh, his team was pretty much Julio, Michael Thomas and Russell Wilson for like the entirety of the season. And as much as like star power is important in this league, it's not necessarily important enough to just drag you tooth and nail to like all yeah. the wins you're going to need to stack up. Um, we'll note that he did have a tough stretch at the end and points against um, his last five weeks were in order 142, 147, 111, 110, and then 168. So those are three of those five or, you know, ones that you're not going to win unless you really pop off. But I also will say that, I, as much as as much as we laud him and rightly so, I think for the the strength of the trades that he typically makes, I don't really know if he got that much better um, in his flurry of trades at the deadline. Um, after the deadline, he never scored more than 114 and never less than 108. So consistency, but not really like the pop potential that you want to try and make it. So uh, I don't know. I think uh, yeah. All you can ask for is to be in the mix at the end, but you know he didn't get that last that last week right. Yeah, I will say that uh, uh, one one notable improvement that Connor made was changing his name from the Connors apostrophe s to the Connors <laughs> with no apostrophe. So yeah. we do want to give a shout out to to Mr. Connor Paws for improving his grammar at the very least <laughs> yeah. as the season went along. I'll say. I think one one moment in Connor's season that really stings, and it's always interesting to me, having uh, you know been in the playoffs and out of the playoffs over the years, to watch how everyone scores during the playoffs, just to kind of think about you know who, if they had made it, would have advanced all the way and won a championship mm-hmm. theoretically, or vice versa. Um, and looking at Week 12 during that playoff push. Connor's going against Andrew Fry, who, uh, you know, didn't have the highest scoring team this season and uh, loses in a, a close game, 117-106. And Dak Prescott, Dak posted just six points on the season. Just six, yeah. just, uh, pardon me, just six points during this game. That I week, think yeah. uh, Dak had over 20 points in every other game this season except for week four. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, man, just to have... Your your QB come out and play his worst game of the season by almost 14 points. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is yeah, tough, specifically yeah. by just 10. So yeah, Connor, 
uh, we pour one out for him and uh, know that he'll be back with a vengeance. Michael Thomas, without a doubt, one of the best keepers going into next season. So Connor will be reloaded going into next season, no doubt. It's true, yeah, and we'll, we'll pour one out for all these guys. Uh, good seasons and just didn't have enough to get over the line at the end. Um, speaking of that, though, is we have one of them, um, and that's John, uh, aforementioned in the pod earlier, coming on to uh, help us with the playoff preview. Uh, Jake, you want to bring him on? Let's do it. John Thompson, welcome to the podcast. What's up, boys? How's it going? Oh, good, man. We're glad to have you on. Uh, this, as you know, is the Playoff Preview Podcast. And as a former champion, the only rookie to ever win a championship, we thought no better guest who's unbiased can give us their thoughts on the playoffs, what it takes to win a championship, than, than you yourself. So, uh, yeah, man, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we uh, dive deep into the playoffs, why don't you just give us your uh, two cents on how your season finished up? Not not the way that you wanted it to, but you, uh, you put yourself in a position to be considered at the end. Yeah, man. Uh, the season was kind of weird. Uh, early on, getting rid of Camara, never thought going into the season that that would happen. Um, but landed myself some pretty stellar RBs in the process mm-hmm. and um, was seeing a trend up in my season. Um, obviously, my points four through middle of the season were looking great. I loved having carry on Aaron Jones and, uh, and company to kind of aid in that Todd Gurley in there, too. Um, but I mean, I think a couple poor trade moves uh, definitely dampened my season a couple of mm-hmm. injuries as well um, so just kind of part of the fantasy process but uh, I think I landed probably where I should have if I'm being honest yeah that's fair and yeah like you said I mean some not great moves down the stretch but also it's like man just as as volatile as this game is and as hard as it is there's so many moves that get made and like just things happen that like no one's anticipating you know, like I thought that like yours was a good win now move. Like I, I liked Brian Hill for those two weeks and, and obviously it didn't pan out. But like yeah. I like I saw the process in your head and it's it's one that I understood. So, yeah, I mean, that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes, you know. Absolutely. Definitely didn't fall my way this year. For sure. Yeah, man. It's still respectable coming in seventh place, though, in a really a tight season. You're, you know, just a couple points four away from sneaking in and getting that bottom playoff spot. So nothing to, to hang your head about, man. That's for sure. Absolutely. I appreciate the support. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're here to give it. And we're also here to, to make sure that Alex knows that he has uh, uh, been unlucky, you know, all those things. We're, we're here to give out all the different kinds of advice. Analysis. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that analysis, we're going to move now to uh, looking at the playoff matchups. Um, we've got six teams in, four teams playing this week with two buys. Um, we'll just we got this uh, some some notes on the spreadsheet, and we can hop into uh, each matchup that's getting played um, this week. Uh, we'll talk about those for a little bit, and then also talk about um, what it would look like for the team that we picked to win um, to face the team that has a buy. Um, and really just, you know, like how their team stacks up against the guys that they could potentially face. Um, so that's kind of the, the method of what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll dive in and start riffing on the, the first matchup up. And that's uh, 
myself, the three seed, versus uh, Jacob and Zach Saquanda forever um, at six and seven in the six seed. Sneaking in as the only team ever to uh, make the playoffs with a losing record. What are your all's thoughts on this one? Yeah, you know, um, I'll kind of start with maybe a little bit of a a breakdown of uh, each team's journey to the playoffs. And I'll begin with you, Mason. Um, I, yeah, really thinking back on your season, it's, it's a quite a remarkable one. You start off in week one, actually a, a preview of the matchup uh, that we're going to see this week. You faced off against Jacob and Zach in an absolute shootout, 179 to 144, which I believe was one of, if not the highest scoring matchup of the whole season. Um, combined points for, and then you lost two, you won two, you lost three, and then you won five to finish out the season. Um, yeah, man, you, you are consistently an owner who knows how to improve your team. You have not lost since the trade deadline. And really, I think in a lot of ways, our synopsis of your team could basically just be bowing at the altar of Christian McCaffrey. And that would be valid. Uh, mm-hmm. he's been easily the fantasy MVP this season, uh, but I think there's actually a lot more to your team than that. Um, you know, during either of those losing streaks, I think it could have been really easy for you to sell Melvin Gordon. You lost two after week one, then losing three again once he was kind of coming back. It could have been really easy to sell him at that point, but you didn't. You held on to him, and he's had two really solid games that helped you get into the playoffs. Um, we were talking about this uh, just a moment ago before we, we were interviewing John. You bought Allen Robinson low, um, I think, when he was kind of struggling. And, and he had back-to-back games of 20 points to, to help you get in. So, John, I, I don't know how you feel about that, man. Yeah, man, I was not looking, uh, wasn't looking too hot for him early on. I was definitely considering keeping him through the season. Um, obviously, with my early wide receiver woes, he was looking like my wide receiver one week in, week out. Um, with those couple of trade moves, I was thinking I could stick RB heavy and be okay. Uh, but obviously ends up not pinning out so hot. And I'm definitely regretting that move. Wish I had a rib on my team. Uh, Cause I think with him on my squad, things could have ended a little bit differently. Yeah, man. Always hard to know when you're buying and selling what you're getting from a player, but uh, definitely a, a savvy, a risky, but savvy move by Mason to, to acquire a Rob. And then I think, Another one that could really pay dividends for you down the stretch, Mason, is picking up Russell Wilson. Definitely one of the top two or three candidates in the MVP conversation, although I think most listeners of this pod in Louisville would say that is a a closed conversation. The decision has been made. But, uh, yeah, Russ has been stellar. What what do you feel um, like your your season in, in review how how, uh, how do you feel? How how do you feel about your chances going up uh, against Jacob and Zach this week? Yeah, um, I think, you know, it's been kind of some streaks like we talked about. I think you kind of already said it all, so I won't belabor the season too much. I think, like, once Melvin Gordon came back, I thought that I would have, like, a playoff team. Um, and then he really struggled out of the gate, and I was really, really worried. Um, ended up not selling him just because, like, I mean, I, I probably would have sold him. Like, I wanted to sell him, but I just, like, couldn't get, like, even, like, almost anything because he was awful like he was just terrible so I don't know if that was you know like me being smart as much as just like me not like wanting wanting to sell him for peanuts and obviously you know like that was kind of lucky and it paid off um you know I think uh this week looking at this week um 
I think I think I'd probably have to give myself an edge here, um, and that's mainly just because, and we'll talk about this, um, just the fact that Jacob and Zach have just been so riddled with injuries, and two guys who looked like they're going to be mainstays of their team, you know, Thielen and and Ty Hilton just can't stay on the field. Um, they just really struggle with injuries, and so without those, you know, high scoring efforts from those guys, guys that are really consistent, I think that I'd probably um, give my team, you know, which is solid, nothing to, to really write home about other than uh, CMC, the, the the edge, I would say. Um, yeah. yeah. John, any thoughts on Mason's squad? Yeah, man. I mean, Mason, like kind of Jake was saying, you've definitely put yourself in a really good spot going into the playoffs. Um, as always, solid owner. Uh, definitely going down through your roster here, starters, there really aren't a whole lot of weak points, which is always what you're looking for coming into the playoffs. Um, you're not really hurting injury-wise, so I would definitely say you've got uh, the more favorable edge here in this matchup versus Jacob and Zach. Definitely wish um, T.Y. and Adam Thielen were in just to make things a little bit more interesting and for sure. see a really high-scoring shootout once again. Um, but I think you're, you're kind of looking to be the clear favorite here. Uh, but definitely, it's, it's always hard to know with Lamar and Mark Ingram sitting there on the other side, what they're going to do uh, this weekend versus Buffalo. Definitely a tough matchup, but uh, you never know what Lamar can do. He did, did some great things versus a pretty solid 49ers defense last weekend. Um, so it remains to be seen what's to come this weekend. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, honestly. I mean, against the 49ers in like a driving rainstorm, like just like very suboptimal conditions. Lamar still put up um, 22 points. Like 22 points is basically his floor. He has one game, which was the Pittsburgh game, where he's below 20 points, and that was 11. But like you're basically just like trotting on a guy who's like floor is 22, his ceiling is conceivably 50 or something like that. Like I mean, like you know, Michael Vick has the highest scoring game of all time at like I think like 56 or something like that, and Lamar has that in him for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I, they still have that weapon, and, and he's been awesome, and it's been super fun to watch. Um, yeah, Jake, why don't you give us a little tour of uh, Jacob and Zach's team? We've already touched on it a little bit, but tell, tell yeah. us about the season. I mean, Saquanda forever. It's, I think, more properly going to be called Lamar forever. Mm. Uh, these guys end up making him their keeper, but uh, that's that's neither here nor there. Their season is, is rolling on. Uh, you know, I, I think you guys are definitely right. They're, they've had... An absolutely injury-riddled season. They uh, lost week one, then they won four of five, and then they ended the season losing four of five. So I think uh, a lot of that was outside of their control. They've got a great core to their team, but have just had the injury bug hitting them quite a bit. Um, slumping into the playoffs, but they're actually the fourth highest scoring team uh, and have the most points against. So their their record could be even better than it is. I think uh, there's not a lot of buzz about them being the first six and seven team to ever make it into the playoffs. Cause I honestly think they're a lot better than most six and seven teams have ever been. So no hating on them there. Uh, Lamar Jackson again has just been an absolute fantasy God. This man has uh, more rushing touchdowns this season than Fournette and Le'Veon combined and has the same amount of passing touchdowns as Goff and Trubisky combined. I mean, just think about that for a second. Like, Goff and Trubisky, number one and number two pick in their drafts, respectively. Every single team passes on Lamar, and he's got more touchdown passes than the two of them put together and has run for more touchdowns than Le'Veon and Fournette put together. I mean, the dude is a, a cheat code for sure. And when you get that stack with Mark Ingram, um, I think 
one of the highlights of the season for me was definitely watching uh, Jacob and Zach with that comeback in Week 12 on Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. cashing in for 60 points between the two of them put together, which I believe was more than twice as much as the rest of their entire team put up. <laughs> uh, pretty remarkable. I think their season could be summarized pretty well and uh, by saying that Lamar and Mark Ingram have carried them to as many victories as they possibly could. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, all that being said, I think they've made – not a lot of moves. You know, I think this is a bit of a, a, a move away from Jacob's typical template, adding Zach, maybe a little bit more cautious this season. But they did pick up Miles Sanders, which is a great acquisition. And yeah, um, I think they're definitely the underdog in this matchup, but no doubt have a chance every single week when Lamar Jackson's uh, on your fantasy team. For sure. Yeah. Uh, John, why don't you uh, take a look at maybe some of the, the, the matchups that you see between the players here and, and, and tell us what you think is going to be the deciding factor in this matchup? Yeah. So I was looking through, um, I mean, definitely that Miles Sanders in the flex spot. He has potential to play super well this weekend versus a New York Giants defense that is definitely subpar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think X factor here, definitely. I mean, we could see the the flashes of past of Larry Fitzgerald who knows maybe we get a a 20 plus week out of Larry Fitz and Mm -hmm. things get interesting um definitely looking at uh your wide receivers Mason um you've got some pretty tough matchups uh for some corners this weekend with uh, a Rob going up against the Dallas secondary Mm -hmm. Um, I mean they they have their their highs they have their lows um, same thing with Minnesota's D with Kenny Galladay, obviously having uh, a quarterback situation that's definitely unfavorable to him. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Um, so I definitely think the wide receiver position is going to be kind of the, the X factor here in this matchup, who shows up, who doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I mean, like with, with Kenny Galladay, like you, you don't like, like Xavier Rhodes shut him down last time they saw each other, but then like. I mean, since then, Minnesota's really struggled against the pass. But the thing is, is that when you play with a third-string quarterback, you're just lowering everyone's floor on the offense so much, you know. They still could, you know, go for uh, his typical, like, 13, 14, whatever it is. He may pop off. But the thing is, is that I think his, like, range of outcomes is just so much wider now. So, yeah, there definitely mm-hmm. could be a stinker there, which would, would, would hamstring me for sure. Um yeah, what do, we, what do we think about final picks for this matchup? Um, why don't we each uh, say who we think wins, and then we'll also talk about the t- buy team on this side of the bracket. Yeah, I uh, I think that um, it's going to be closer than than people expect, and you know I I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to call Jacob and Zach with the upset. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mason. No, 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 uh, no shame against you. I think you've got. Uh, maybe the squad I'm, I'm most afraid of facing uh, in the championship, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Riley's obviously got a, a juggernaut of a team as well. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a little shout-out to uh, Double Move Sports, the podcast by Alex and Steph. I uh, was listening mm-hmm. to that this morning, and um, one of their picks for the week was one Darius Slayton uh, mm-hmm. to have a big week with Eli Manning coming back. Uh, with Eli in, kind of doing a lot of checkdowns. There's a lot of injuries between Evan Ingram and uh, Golden Tate. Darius Slayton, over his last three games, has posted 34, 10, and 10. So uh, if they can get a, a good game out of Darius Slayton, out of Larry Fitz, like uh, John was just saying, and Lamar and Mark Ingram can, can fight against a tough Buffalo defense, I really think they've got a shot. 
And I think the biggest thing that I'm really wondering right now is just um, with the Panthers firing their head coach in the middle of the week, how does that affect McCaffrey? How does it affect play calling, the locker room, all of it? Yeah, um, for sure. I don't know, man. It's, I'm, it's I'm going on a limb here. Uh, yep. I, I'd say 99% actually I think my head thinks it's it's probably going to be you, but I'll go with the upset <laughs> pick here. Hey, yeah, go, go for it. I love it. John, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I could definitely agree with a lot of those points Jake's making there. Um, I think it's going to take a lot for Jacob and Zach to get the W, um, but I definitely think you, Mason, are going to come out on top. Moving on to play Riley uh, in the second round. I'm loving that matchup in the second round. Uh, I think it's going to be potential for a really high-scoring uh, matchup for sure, uh, but you got to get through a pretty tough Jacob and Zach team, even without... T.Y. and Thielen, so uh, I'm looking for a close one, hopefully, because that's what we all want to see in the playoffs, but I definitely see you getting the dub. Yeah, for sure, and I, I think I would I would back myself here, too. Um, I do think it's going to be closer than people realize or think, um, and I think, you know, Jackie and Zach kind of flexed their muscles a little bit last week. They still scored. Would they score? Like, oh, man. Like one, I think. Yeah, 100, 113, and that was without both Thielen and um uh, T.Y. So yeah, they, they definitely have like high points in their locker and they just need, you know, maybe one more person to pop off. Um, and then obviously Saquon obviously hasn't uh, reared his head yet. And so he's probably got a good game in there somewhere. But yeah, I think I'd, I'd back myself. I don't I don't think that the head coach firing the North Turner was still there in Carolina. I don't think that affects McCaffrey too much. Um, and then I think uh, on top of that, I'll get volume out of Allen Robinson and um probably you know a solid game out of russell wilson it'll 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 carry the day um so which takes us to our next round matchup which would be against riley um what are you guys uh seeing for his team uh before we dive into the particulars of of who he would play oh lord almighty i'm hoping that one (laughs) of you guys can beat him (laughs) that's that's about where i'm at (laughs) i could not agree anymore jake um this team is absolutely studded out um you've said it plenty of times in pods past that riley has just put an absolute juggernaut team together um i mean you look at his team he's starting a james washington as his wr2 who (laughs) i would have never thought would be a wr2 and be a decent play just even a few weeks ago but mm-hmm. the man is looking to be like a solid play week in, week out um, with the different things always changing in uh, the Steelers organization. It's been crazy to see that he's come out as a pretty star studded player. Um, if that's the only weak point on his team, uh, I think it's going to be pretty tough to take Riley out. I mean, you even look down through his bench spots and to back up Dalvin Cook, he's got Madison. Um, and that is a surefire backup to have, even with, uh, with Dalvin being questionable going into the weekend, um, Riley's probably definitely happy. He's got that handcuff and he's definitely got a couple other plays he could move if he needs to. So I think Riley honestly is going to be the, the one to beat in these playoffs. I have him as my, uh, guy coming out on top wing at all this year. Dang. So, um, yeah. I'll, I'll come out and say it, but yeah, man, I like it. I think I think he definitely has the the team to beat. Yeah, th- those those are fighting words for one of the people on this pod. And I, <laughs> I, I know I'm I know Jake really wants it. I gotta it's make fair. it ship, you guys. I gotta make it oh, ship. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at even his, his round two matchups. So, Riley having the bye this week, uh, you know, probably nice um, with Dalvin having rest. But like you said, even with Alexander Madison, it's like the worst case scenario for Riley is his star running back gets hurt. Well, he's got a cuff that can has proven to be able to step in and probably be a yeah. top 10 running back. Oh, in for sure. he's, he's not the same player, but like he yeah. maybe lowers the ceiling just a little bit. And yeah. even then, like you look at his last week, he put up 124 and Dalvin played half the game. Like yeah. didn't even like he, he scored 13 points still, but it's like, I mean, you think that you're going to get at least 20 out of Dalvin, like maybe, yeah. maybe high teens. And it's like, he still put up 124 with that. So yeah, it's just like a, just a high floor team with a high ceiling as well. So yeah, this is a, yeah. this is a team that I really like as well. Dalvin's got uh, the Chargers, who are, I believe, the sixth worth rush rush defense in the NFL. Fournette's playing Oakland, who's got a pretty crappy defense, and then Derrick Henry's going up against Houston, which is fourth or fifth last. So, yeah, Mason, um, if you do advance, I think you're going to need to be looking at a 150 plus possibly to to come away with the W. It's going to be going to be a shootout no doubt it could be one of the best games of the season uh, whoever ends up advancing specifically i think if it's your team both of you guys can just put up monster points um i would i would like to watch that game and hope you get it all out of your system that's that's about all i can say <laughs> for sure for sure um yeah so so with that in mind whatever you picked for last game i mean just who do you think it is that makes it out of side out of this side of the bracket into the championship we'll start with john yeah i think i uh kind of gave it away a minute ago but i definitely <laughs> see uh, riley coming out on top to advance to the championship um i think it would take some pretty crazy things to happen for him to end up not getting the w and advancing yeah yeah it's hard it's hard to go against riley um specifically when he's got you know good matchups he's got a lot of depth um you know i i obviously I think either team, you look at Jacob and Zach, they've got, you know, Lamar and Saquon both would have good matchups going up against Riley. Lamar would be playing the Jets and Saquon would be playing the Dolphins. So definitely a possibility for them to score a lot of points. Um, McCaffrey at, at any point can, can just go off. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think the difference between Riley's team and maybe any other team in this entire league is just how many weapons he has that can go for a, a massive 35 point game, but also at a minimum are going in at about 15, 20 points. I mean, sure. Julian Edelman, you look at him, I, I yeah, don't he's, think he's just a, your typical high floor guy, you know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't think there's been a single, single digit game in his, his entire season. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think I gotta, I think I gotta back Riley too. And I'm just going to do that, you know, Keep all the praise on him and hope that it backfires. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the the smart pick here is is Riley, and and I'd love to like I was like sitting here looking at his matchups, you know, trying to like tilt my head a certain way, and then hopefully like figure out a way that I could beat him. But even then, it's like the matchups that I have next week um, are you know. I have one green matchup out of all of my like startable players and the rest are red. Um, and, and I just think that you gotta, you gotta choose the team with the highest floor. And I think it's the same against like if Jacob and Zach were to get there too, like same thing, like maybe they get Thielen and T Y Hilton back, but that just like, seems like a, like a complete coin flip at this point. And so I think that Riley, um, with such a solid team, um, that he's put together and obviously the three studs at running back and Josh Allen playing as well as he has, yeah, I, I think I gotta give him the nod. Um, which is which is kudos to the the team that Riley has put together. 
Um, yeah, any final thoughts before we move it to the other side of the bracket? Oh, man. I <laughs> I think I'm good. I don't want to think about Riley's team anymore. It's making me sick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, on the other side of the bracket, which is the one um, that one of the co-hosts on this pod is on, um, is the 4-5 matchup. And that's between the Madison team, DJ Juju, uh, finishing on a hot streak, 8-5, and five, and putting up 160 or 70 the last week. And then Jake Davis at the 5 seed, sneaking in there at 7-6. and six. Um, Jake, why don't you give us their roads to the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, both of these have been really interesting roads to the playoffs. And as uh, as Mason and I were kind of discussing on the top of the show. It's one of those years where it feels like the teams who made it deserve to have made it. Uh, both of these teams ended their seasons on three-game winning streaks. Um, in fact, the first five seeds, every single one of them has won at least back-to-back games going into the playoffs. But these are two of the hottest teams, no doubt, probably alongside your squad, Mason. Madison's road to the playoffs was honestly a pretty consistent one. Um, I believe he's the only team that... Uh, only lost two games in a row once all season. Maybe uh, Ryan and I squad was the other, but uh, mm-hmm. very consistent. It's a resilient team, um, if that's possible for a team that is made up of players you don't actually coach yourself. Uh, but yeah, they fought through the David Johnson kind of up and down season. They fought through Cooper Cup disappearing for a minute in the middle of the year. Aaron Rodgers has been really streaky. Um, and yet Madison comes out at eight and five with a really good record, a lot of close wins. Five of his eight games were won uh, by 12 points or less. So more than half of his wins were uh, pretty close contests. And I think that uh, Madison made some pretty A plus trades. Um, one that will will definitely go down uh, as a, a season changer for both teams. And John, I'm sorry to do this to you again. We, we can definitely keep this one quiet. If <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, man. <laughs> yeah, next, not, nothing next happened. Week. It's okay. Yeah, we'll <laughs> just pass over that. Todd Gurley for Brian Hill and Golden Tate. Uh, <laughs> next. Yeah, moving along. Uh, White uh, has been quite consistent, then took a dip, and I really got to tip my hat to Madison for trusting. Uh, James White, after posting one point, James White comes out and throws up 37 last week and is looking like what James White does every single year. He just chucks along, is very consistent, and then puts up some monster points near the end. So a great play there by Madison. And I think maybe one of the the X-Factor players here um, that we were kind of chatting about is Jarvis Landry. Dude is wide receiver 13, which makes him a number one wide receiver in this league. And he's got him at flex almost every single week. And what's wild is that over the last four weeks, Jarvis Landry is wide receiver two over the last four weeks. Wow, I did not know that. That, is, that has been very quietly happening, but, yes, but it happening has. nonetheless. Yes, it has. So uh, that's a little bit of, of Madison's uh, season review. What do, you, what do you guys see in Madison's squad? John? Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely made some great moves throughout the season. Um, Madison's always a great owner. Still think uh, the team Kobe in his rookie season was a little bit tragic, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's very fair. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, he obviously he got me in a uh, really poor mindset with uh, Todd Gurley and that terrible trade uh, right there at the deadline. Um, I don't know what the heck I was thinking. I definitely think I'm missing out on a, uh, a second potential keeper in Todd Gurley there, uh, potentially over Aaron Jones going into next season. Um, but nonetheless, I, I think Madison's put together a pretty solid squad. I look at Todd Gurley. I look at Calvin Ridley. 
Uh, Mason Elliott, Allen Robinson on your team. These are all guys that I actually had at one point <laughs> yeah. down the season. And mm-hmm. I'm kicking myself repeatedly. I think this was definitely one of my more poor trade seasons. I uh, typically put together a bit more savvy moves and things just did not pan out. Um, but I'll digress. I definitely think um, Madison has a pretty solid squad. And I'm excited for this weekend's matchup between him and Jake. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be super close. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm excited to see if Jarvis can keep up the play and, uh, continue to be a solid flex play for Madison. Um, love Cooper cup. Hopefully Jared Goff can kind of turn it around and give cup the, uh, the looks that he was getting earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I love the matchup Aaron Rodgers versus Redskins D. Um, I'd like to see him torch him, see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to, to, to Jake's team. Um, so this is a team that kind of started off 1-3, uh, and then he he felt like he had to make some moves. He made that massive Michael Thomas for Amari trade. Um, drops, you know, to 4-6 and six after that, like which is, I think, uh, you know, 2-3 and three at that point, and season seems pretty much over. I think Chase at one point even said that he would, uh, he would end up with the ISHN handle. Obviously, Chase did not turn out to be right on that one, but he tears off three wins, getting hot at the right time. Um, you know, Lev's not what he's been hoped for, but he's still RB13, which is, you know, it's 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 never hurt him. It's been pretty consistent. And then Mixon has scored 17 exactly in four of his last five games, so a guy that he definitely bought low on and has been has been consistent, um, even though he was, uh, you know, Mixon was kind of a laughing stock there in the middle of the season. Um, his bread and butter is his wide receivers. No one loves their guy like Jake Davis loves Amari, although DJ Moore is looking like it might um, – be overtaking Amari in uh, in Jake Davis's world, um, and he really has. He's been in a fantastic ad since week ten. He's been 21, 17, 31, and 20, which is wide receiver three, only outdone by Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. So that's Jake's team, um, and it's one that you know I think I we hated on Jake um, and said that he was probably going to miss the playoffs um, because of some of the moves he made. But it turns out that he's the one laughing now, and he's sitting at the six seed. So what do yeah. you guys see here? I don't know if Jake Davis ate 40 pieces in 30 days, but like Papa John's, <laughs> the day of reckoning came for, for Jake Davis's squad, yeah. and yeah. Uh, he he proved all the haters wrong, for sure, yeah. uh, tearing off a couple good ones. And, and really, I think that DJ Moore ad um, has been just a, a season saver for, for Jake Davis. Um, again, one of the three best wide receivers over the, the final four weeks of the season, and heating up at the right time. Um, I also got to give props to Jake, uh, since week eight, um, you know, he made the move away from just starting Jared Goff every week. Since week eight, he has started Jared Goff, then Sam Darnold, Ryan Tannehill, then Kirk Cousins, then Jimmy G, then Kirk Cousins again. And now he's going back to Ryan Tannehill. So, mm. uh, you know, a lot of guys kind of p- pick a QB, stick to him for a long time. Um, and it's definitely maybe the biggest position that needs to consider matchups. Jake has done that. And certainly over these last couple of weeks, he's gotten good results from it. So Jake, a, a savvy owner as always, and uh, a team that, yeah, there's nobody I want to face in the playoffs. Everybody's got a good squad, but his team is hot, three wins in a row. And I think they could they could make a deep run here. For sure. John, um, why don't you tell us about some of the key matchups that are going to be uh, deciding this uh, um this contest between uh, Madison and Jake Davis here, a former champ and, and, and a guy who um, is still looking for his first one. 
Yeah, I, I look at both squads here, and I think the the position I'm looking at most heavily right now is actually the tight end position. Um, I'm loving Gasecki uh, in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Going forward, I think Miami is making a little bit of a turn. Uh, Fitz Magic is definitely bringing the magic back to yeah. Miami. Um, Gasecki is going sort of on a tear the past couple of weeks. Um, last week he had 18, uh, the week before he had 11.8. Um, uh, definitely think he's got a favorable matchup versus the jets this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, look to see a pretty big scoring game there. Uh, and then OJ Howard on the other side for Madison, uh, definitely a hit or miss. Um, but playing Indianapolis is D again, you could see, uh, some different things happen. Uh, so I'm definitely looking at the tight end position to be the kind of X factor here in this matchup. For sure. Um, yeah. So uh, why don't we, uh, why don't we uh, put our money where our mouth is and make the prediction? Who do we think wins and what do you think gets in there? Jake, you want to start us? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I gotta say this. It's wild that um, I'm going to say this sentence, but I think a lot of this matchup comes down to whether or not Aaron Rodgers can hang in with Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> not saying that the other way around. I'm really yeah. saying, is Aaron Rodgers going to be able to put up enough points to hang with Ryan Tannehill, who is hot as of late and going up against a, a weak Oakland defense? Um, but I think I'm going to go with Madison in this matchup. Um, and part of that is kind of my – I'm a little led by my emotions here. Uh, you know, obviously I am hungry for my first championship. I want it bad. But uh, if it's not for some reason going to be Ryan and I, then I, I think I'd be pulling for, for Madison or Riley, uh, one of the two other owners who, who have not won a championship yet. Mm-hmm. So I will go with Madison strictly based off of uh, emotion here, hoping that, uh, yeah, somebody can get their, their first championship of the season. And I'm also hoping so because I think he's got some tough matchups in the second round. So uh, I'll go with Madison. Sure, sure. John, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'm going to go the other way from you, Jake. I think our Jake Davis, my boy, is going to get the dub. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be a super close one, uh, but I think he's definitely trending up and looking forward. So I'm going to go Jake here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a tough one to pick. I think it's going to be a close one, but I think um, I need to break this tie, and I think that the one that I'm going to go with is actually Madison. And I think it's just because, you know, uh, he's got a lot of solid pieces in wide receiver, um, nobody that can really hurt him there. And then obviously Todd's been getting the volume that he used to get as of late. And I, I think that continues against a, a critical division matchup with Seattle. And then also on the other side with Jake, I think he has, you know, he has a solid week. He's got a good team. Uh, but I think that the thing is, is that the Cowboys are playing the Bears on a short week. Well, not on a short week, they have a full week, but still on a Thursday. And I think, you know, probably one of Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup gets theirs. And then the other one, you know, probably scores like six or seven, something like that. And so it's just, I I think you're capping your upside playing such a good defense there. And so I think without that upside, I think I'm going to take Madison in this one, which moves us to the next round. um, The other semifinal against uh, one of uh, Ryan and Jake and country road take Mahomes, the uh, regular season champion and then the winner of this matchup what do you guys see here um in jake and ryan's team oh boy <laughs> um i think again they're they are number one for a reason um have a pretty stellar team 
Evan Ingram kind of starting to come back a little bit from his banged up injuries throughout the season. Um, I'm looking ahead to matchups in what would be week 15, round two, and mm. they've got some pretty uh, favorable matchups. Um, they've got the Giants playing the Dolphins. Jeez, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Cleveland's playing Arizona. So I, I definitely can see them putting up quite a lot of points uh, this week. Uh, and whoever they play, uh, I definitely think they're the favorite. Um, but I think it's going to be tough to beat them in round two. Yeah. Jake, any any thoughts on your team? Yeah, you know, uh, Ryan and I, I think, got off to the hot start. And pretty early started thinking about, well, what, it's, what do playoff matchups look like? Who are some guys that we want to have? And we had a lot of offers for Devontae Parker and held on to him because we felt like, you know, he's he's – Trending in the right direction and, um, yeah, has some good matchups going into the playoffs. This week he's facing the Jets. Next week he's got the Giants and then the championship he's got the Bengals. So none of those none of those teams jump out at you as uh, mm-hmm. uh, stellar franchises. And so we decided to hang on to him. And, yeah, Devontae is just absolutely heating up at the right time. Went for 34 points last week. Um, so we're pretty stoked about our lineup from top to bottom. Feel like we've got a lot of depth. and. Um, yeah, I, it, more than probably any of the other teams, I think we'll actually have some potentially tough lineup decisions to make. You know, if, if somehow Ingram mm-hmm. and Cooper are both healthy, who do we start? Um, you know, does Kareem Hunt sneak in the lineup? What What's that going to look like? And uh, Mason, you had kind of mentioned this about our team. We decided to opt for, for depth over just wheel, wheeling and dealing everybody and trying to get as many superstars as possible. So we'll see how that uh, comes down uh, down the stretch. But like yourself, I think I gotta gotta believe in yourself and gotta pick us to to beat anybody we go up against. Um, we're hungry for that championship and hoping this is our year. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a it's a good team here. It's a solid team. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not so sure it's so straightforward. I think that that Madison's on on kind of a streak, and and I've picked him to uh, win the last game, and and I and I might even have him going up against you guys. You know, you oh. guys have really good good matchups, um, and and that's the kind of luxury of of jumping out early is that like if you know you've clinched your playoff early, then you can just start planning for the playoffs, which is a great place to be in. So it's a it's a big uh, credit to you guys for. Um, having such a strong regular season um, but even then I mean like we just talked about like James White always seems to come on at the end of the year like Todd Gurley is starting to get the volume that you've seen and he's going up against Dallas against you guys and I, I for one know that Dallas's rush defense is just putrid um, <laughs> Calvin Ridley has been awesome since they traded Sanu and then I'm sure the Cups still got some games in him that are um, you know on the on the higher side he's definitely got the upside so I don't think it's going to be as cut and dry as people think it is um, Jake, you've already kind of spoken for yourself and backed yourself to get to the championship. John, do you, uh, do you think that the number one seed makes it or do you think that somebody else can unseat the throne? Yeah. I mean, you definitely bring up some really good points, Mason, for, uh, for Madison's team. Um, I mean, I'm still going to continue to back Jake Davis on this one. Uh, I think it's going to be a close matchup there, but coming out of this side of the bracket, I mean, I think Jake and Ryan have put together a solid team. I mean, they drafted well and they've hung on to the guys they believe in. I think that definitely gets you places in in the fantasy world. So um, I think they're going to be tough to beat um, regardless of who they play in the round two. Um, I'm hoping for, again, a close matchup. I could definitely see it happening. Um, Jake and Ryan are definitely going to have some tough decisions to make in who to start, who to sit. Um, So I think 
potentially they could make uh, one bad move and that mm-hmm. could be the end of their season. Um, so it's going to be tough. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens. I think Jake and Ryan squeak it out and make it to the championship. Yeah. And, and as, as much as I want to make it interesting, and I think it is going to be interesting because, you know, being in the position to, to have to make those start sits is always a tough place to be. I, I still think that I would, I'll, I'll pick Jake and Ryan to get out here. Just the strength of their matchups in every position is like, you know, maybe you make the wrong choice, but maybe your wrong choice only scores, you know, 11 instead of 15. Like that's what probably what you're picking between with like Lindsay and, and Hunt. Um, and then like Ingram and Hooper is like, it looks like they're both going to be back for those matchups. And, you know, you probably play Ingram against the the Dolphins, but Hooper obviously has high volume. So maybe like they get down early and they have to throw a lot against the Niners. But again, like, like either way, I still think you're getting like at least double digits out of one of those guys. So this is a place where I don't think start sits can really, really hurt Jake and Ryan. And so I think that I will back them in a close matchup to squeak by and make it to their first championship. Um, any final thoughts before we move to a few more personal questions for Mr. John Thompson? You know, I feel like some of this season has kind of felt like maybe it's uh, it's destiny for for uh, Riley and Ryan and I to face off against each other in the championship. I think kind of early on in the season, uh, our team's kind of separated from the pack a little bit and have had really good seasons. But um, I think the the crazy thing about fantasy football is just anybody can win on any given week and so Mm -hmm. here we are sitting there talking about the two of us potentially facing each other in the championship but for all we know it could be you know um jake davis versus uh jacob and zach so sure yeah so yeah we'll see we'll see how it all plays out but i'm i'm excited i think uh i think it's going to be a fun couple of weeks here for sure i would i would echo that um, Jake, I understand we have an important question for Mr. John Thompson about some, uh, some French fries that we typically ask guests. You want to, <laughs> you want to lead that for me? This is true. <clears throat> John, the reason why we brought you on more than to give your former championship, uh, opinions and, and thoughts more than to bring you on just to talk about some of the trades you maybe should or shouldn't have made. We really brought you on to ask you about the fry rankings. John, you know what we're going up here against? Swaffle fries, tater tots, standard cut, curly fries, shoestring, crinkle cut, steak, sweet potato, potato wedges, and of course, smiley fries. John, what are your two favorite cuts of fry? Oh boy. Um, I definitely think that sweet potato fries are my number one. Mm, Nothing like them. Uh, I know you and I, Jake, were talking about this right before hopping on here. Uh, if you've never been to Village Anchor and had sweet potato fries there, that may completely change your opinion on the fry ranking. So uh, true. That so sauce, true. the the cinnamon topping. Oh man. Oh man. Solid. Yeah, um, it's so good. This episode brought to you by the Village Anchor. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored. Um, yeah. So I mean, sweet potato fries for sure, number one. Um, and then I think I gotta go with my uh, waffle fries for pick number two. Mm. yeah mm. hard to beat that chick-fil-a waffle fry yeah absolutely i know that i know that's what you're thinking of <laughs> oh 100 <laughs> percent. absolutely um yeah so yeah uh, jake do we have uh do we have a, a lightning round for john or what, what, what do we have next we got a lightning round john actually before we get in the lightning round though i know for for a lot of guys um you know we get to catch up a bit at the draft but uh 
But for those of us who um, don't get to, to see you every day, give us a little recap just on how the last uh, couple months have been since since draft time. How's work? How's marriage? Um, how you doing just personally? Yeah, uh, things are going super well. I think uh, 2019 was one of the craziest years I've had just with lots of different life changes happening. Um, I look back to the beginning of 2019 and I had just landed my first like career job working yeah. at a uh, Bachman Auto Group. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely wasn't my ideal job choice, but just something to get my foot in the door somewhere. Um, and then I guess, geez, six months ago, started working at Humana. Mm-hmm. Um, so made a pretty awesome move. I'm loving it so far. That's awesome. uh, doing some uh, insurance selling two months into the job there, ended up getting licensed. Uh, both my managers there are definitely super supportive, see a lot of potential in me. Awesome. Um, and I'm hoping to get a promotion actually here in the next month. There's a job posting within my team to move on up. And since I'm licensed, more than likely going to get it. So hopefully here in the next Dang couple of weeks, I'll uh, be moving up there, which would be great. Um, That's big. definitely shooting for the stars. So um, slowly but surely on my way to potentially VP position. That's my goal. Wow. Come on, man. Um, so we'll see what happens. Either do that or uh, just continue to stay in sales, fly under the radar and uh, make those big commission checks. For uh, sure. For sure. That's it's, awesome. It, it's, 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 it's so good to hear that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that uh, I graduated from a small private Christian school, which unfortunately, by the way, is shutting down. Um, CCU is no longer. Um, Yeah. So at the end of this semester here in like one or two weeks, they'll be closing their doors. Um, So I was one of the last graduating classes to go through there. Um, So super sad for the private Christian school, um, I guess, whatever you want to call it, just that kind of world. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people see it happens a lot of time, but I think it's for the better. Um, mm-hmm. definitely a lot of poor leadership ch- uh, choices are made um, but definitely grateful for my time there and sure. all that I learned um, it's been cool to see my mindset shift a little bit since graduating came out thinking I was going to be a pastor of some kind and now I'm selling insurance and mm-hmm. kind of going the more corporate business route and wanting to be successful there so that I can give back in different capacity and see what happens there so yeah that's really good man it's good it's good to hear about those things good to hear that the um people in the league are are moving and shaking making moves making moves in the world moving up um it's also fun to know that if i'm not mistaken there's three of uh the league members that that work at humana right now so basically we're just working on trying to take over humana one day and (laughs) oh absolutely the the official sponsor of sunday's finest at some point (laughs) It's yeah. a, it's a great place. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to skimp out on other personal life stuff. I mean, there's been a ton happening. Um, marriage life is going great. Um, I mean, it's an incredible thing. Definitely would not trade it for anything. Emily's the best. Um, definitely been super supportive in the past few months with fantasy season. I know it's always <laughs> tough on significant others. Um, and I definitely love the plug for finest of Sunday's finest to kind of yeah. give us a, an extra hour or two on a Sunday. Um, but it's been great. Uh, other than, other than that, I mean, I'm 
I've actually got a lot going on right now. Uh, it's kind of mm-hmm. a crazy season of life. I'm trying to start a couple businesses on the side with a old high school friend of mine. Um, so we'll see if I even end up at Humana getting to a VP route or if I end up starting my own business and doing that thing. So Come on, we'll man. see. Yeah. Remains to be seen what happens. Yeah, a little side hustle. Love that. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, John Thompson, we are going to go into a lightning round to finish off our show. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, John. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being freezing, 10 being absolutely burning your skin off, how hot do you like your shower? Oh, gosh. Uh, Let's go 7. I don't like Like to be cold, but I don't like burning my face off. Yeah. Need that warm water. Need that steam coming out. Uh, Do you like the smell, or John, do you like the smell of gasoline? Oh, yes, for sure. Wow. Thank goodness. Wild. Wild. (laughs) John, what type of milk do you put in your cereal? None. I hate milk. Oh. Oh. Yeah, like that. Do you like like almond milk? Tolerant. No. Oh. (laughs) Wow. Um, John, can you tell us what is the capital of New York? New York City. No, Albany. Yeah, there it is. Had to go back. (laughs) That Cal education serving you well, my friend. Absolutely. John, what is the most number of hours you've ever watched TV in a single day? Oh gosh. Oh man. Um, it's probably embarrassing. I would say it's probably revealing. close to like 14 or 15. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, was the show? what was the show and what was the moment? Oh, gosh. Uh, it was probably in college when I was rooming with Jake and Alex. They could definitely <laughs> vouch for me on a couple of different instances. <laughs> um, I think it was probably The Office or Breaking Bad at that season yeah. of life. Yep. But that was also like a big Call of Duty revamp in my own life. So I think there might be more hours of Call of Duty played in a day than a a day of TV watching. For sure. Definitely counts. Um, John, who is your tallest friend? Oh, man. You know, I think it might be my brother-in-law, Brett. He's good. He's a giant. Just as long (laughs) as you didn't say Chase. Well, on yeah, that I, oh, go ahead, John. No, we're good. I was going to ask you, who's your shortest friend? Jackson Humphrey. <laughs> <laughs> going back to the kindergarten days. That's man, right, the squad. Love the, guy, love the guy. Ended up getting to go to the U of L game with him the other night. Super fun. Um, lifelong friend, but definitely my shortest. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, what's your favorite appetizer, John? Oh man. Ah, I gotta go blooming onion mm. from Outback. That's, that's, that's that good stuff. Stellar choice, John. Yeah. Would you ever go skydiving? Yes. Have you? No, that's uh, one thing I haven't done yet. I've been to places I absolutely could have, but I've never done it. Man. League skydiving trip. League skydiving <laughs> yes. trip. Yes. Make it happen. Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, and you already answered this a little bit, but I want you to just double down and say it for the ladder for the people in the back. And that is who wins the 2019 Sunday's Finest Championship? I got to give it to my boy, Riley Hayes. Boy, you put a stellar team together. Make it happen. I want to see you on top. All right. John Here. Thompson, 
Thank you for uh, coming on, giving us your thoughts, your opinions, a little bit of an update about your life, man. Lots of exciting things happening in your world. Stoked to hear about that. And um, yeah, everyone, it's playoff time. Best of luck. May uh, may the best man win, or the best group of men win. Now that there's two uh, uh, co-owners in the playoffs, uh, Mason, any any final words for us? Uh, my only final words are no rookies in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> that's John it. may disagree. John may disagree. All right. Well, that's all we have. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. All right. See you, boys. Peace. Party like a Saturday.